You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. Let's take our Bible and turn to the same passage of scripture we were in last week. Last week we looked at eight disciplines that we need to build into our lives if we are going to live a godly life. And I want to continue to look at this passage of Scripture. We'll add several others to it this morning as we talk about the return of our Lord, the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. (coughs) I've entitled the message this morning, How Should We Live in the Latter Days? How Should We Live in the Latter Days? Titus chapter 2 Remember what we said in verse 10. He talked about how we should adorn the the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. And that word adorn is the word from which we get the word cosmetic. And so I asked last week, how many of you ladies put on makeup this morning? And almost all of you raised your hand. And I said, why did you do that? And you said, so we'd look better. Well, I want to tell you something. We need to adorn the doctrine of God and our Savior in all things, so we will look better to a lost and dying world, so we will be attractive to them because they are lost without Christ and they need a Savior. Now we pick up with verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Be attractive to those who know not the Lord. Teaching us, this is how we should live in the latter days, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't ever forget, Jesus is God. Verse 14, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Now take your Bible and turn to 1 John. 1 John and chapter 2. And before I read this passage of Scripture, we're going to read verse 18, and we'll read right down through chapter 3 and verse 3. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that we are living in the latter days? Most every believer that I speak to and ask that question of would answer it the same way you did. Absolutely. If you do not believe that we are living in the last days, I believe that if you'll listen to today's message, you will be convinced that we are. I'm going to share with you several prophecies today that I believe prove that we are in the last of the latter days and that the coming of our Lord is very, very soon. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 13 and verse 29. So ye in like manner, listen, when ye shall see these things come to pass... We're going to talk about some of the things that 
we are seen in the prophetic realm. So ye, in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, he said, know that it is nigh even at the door. So as we look into Bible prophecy here today, I believe you can come up with, with no other verdict than that Jesus is about ready to open the door of heaven and come to this earth for his children. First John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, and we'll talk about the Antichrist today. Even now there are many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that it might be made manifest that they were not all of us. You say, why well, have so many left the church never to return? John just answered that for us right there. They went out from us because they really weren't of us. Verse 20. But ye have an unction. That word unction means anointing. Have you ever heard someone pray, Oh God, would you anoint the preacher today? Have you ever heard something like that? Amen. Guess what? I'm already anointed. And so are you. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit all over us from the very time of our salvation. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things, because he leads and guides us into all truth. I have not written unto you, because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He is an antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. Hallelujah. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, deceive you. But the anointing, that unction, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Stay close to the Lord. Stay in fellowship with the Lord so you can tap into that ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, remain in fellowship with him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. The subject of the message today. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doth righteousness is born of him. Chapter 3. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. 
Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Josh, pray for us. Amen. How should we live in these latter days? I believe that according to Scripture, we are in the last days. As we not only read the Scripture, but we look at what's happening all around us. I think it's very clear that the coming of our Lord draweth nigh. Luke chapter 21 and verse 31, Jesus said these words, So likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, ye know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. The first passage we read, he said, I'm right there at the door, ready to come in. And this is, says the kingdom of God is at hand. I want to just stop and digress for just a minute and talk about the kingdom. What is this kingdom of God? When we talk about the kingdom of God, which is mentioned throughout the scriptures, throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament, it's a very common phrase that we find, the kingdom of God. It refers to God's eternal sovereign rule over the universe. God's kingdom rules. He has not vacated his throne. He is still in control of all things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. His sovereign control over this world and the universe and everything that in it is. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Our focus in life needs to be on his kingdom, not on our little kingdoms. The Bible says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of what? Heaven. So there's the kingdom of God, his sovereign rule over all things, and then there is the kingdom of heaven, which refers to what we know heaven to be. And then the Bible says, when ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom what? Come. come. There's a day when Christ's kingdom is going to come to this earth. And we will rule and reign with him in his kingdom. We'll look at that today. Lord willing, we can get there and all that I have to share. God's kingdom on earth. So we have the kingdom of God, we have the kingdom of heaven, we have God's kingdom on earth, and then Jesus said this, Behold, the kingdom is within you. What in the world does that mean? The kingdom is within you? I'm here to tell you, when you got saved, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Spirit of Christ came to indwell you. Amen. And oh, how he wants to rule in your kingdom, Amen. in your heart. 
So we have the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom which is to come, which is the earthly 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ. And then we have the kingdom in our hearts that God wants to rule over. I, I wonder today how many of you that Christ is ruling in the kingdom of your heart. And then we have another kingdom spoken about in Scripture. And if Satan cast out Satan... He is divided against himself. How shall his kingdom stand? I'm here to tell you there's a conflict between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. I'm going to tell you who's going to win. You ever heard that little song? I read the back of the book and we win. Oh, there's a warfare going on today. It's a real warfare between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. But praise God, one day his kingdom is coming. I'd like you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Daniel. We're going to start dealing with some prophecies here this morning. Some signs of the latter days. The book of Daniel is a wonderful book for those of you who have been with me for any period of time and you've been through our study of eschatology. We have taught through the prophecies in the book of Daniel. Probably the most outstanding is Daniel chapter 9 and the 70 weeks of Daniel. But here we come to the last chapter. Daniel chapter 12. Mm, like to hear those leaves rustling there. You, you can't hear that on a cell phone. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And at that time, what time is he speaking about? He's speaking about the tribulation period here. This passage of scripture is not written to the church. This is written to the nation of Israel. Israel and the church are two distinct en entities. You, you have the Jew, the Gentile, and the church of the living God. So this is written to the Jewish people. And at that time, Michael, now you can read about this in detail in Revelation chapter 12. It said, at that time, Michael shall stand up, that great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, the Jewish people, and there shall be a time of trouble, the tribulation period, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. As the Antichrist seeks to persecute the nation of Israel, God will deliver them. Michael will stand up in their defense and they will be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. I believe that's the Lamb's book of life. First of all, I believe if your name's in the Lamb's book of life, you're going to be delivered from the tribulation period. But if you're unsaved and you miss the rapture and you go into the tribulation period where God is dealing once again with the nation of Israel. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 11 that all of Israel shall be saved as in a day. You have the preaching of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists and Israel turns to the Lord as they realize that they have missed their Messiah as Antichrist stands in the temple of God showing himself that he is God right in the middle of the tribulation period. Israel, the blindness is taken away and Israel turns to the Lord. As they turn to the Lord, then the Antichrist through the power of Satan begins to persecute them and Michael... The archangel stands and defends God's people and he saves them, makes a place for them in the wilderness and protects them from the wrath of the Antichrist and Satan. 
And then it says in verse 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. At the end of the tribulation period, there's going to be a resurrection. Some to everlasting life. Those who died during the tribulation for the cause of Christ will be raised at the end of the tribulation into everlasting life and some into everlasting contempt. This is where we talk about, I, I know we're getting a lot of prophecy here. For some of you, it may go over your head, but get into the Word and study it. You have the division of the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the tares, the good fish, bad fish. Matthew chapter 25. Taking place at the end of the tribulation period. Those that are saved will come into the glorious millennial reign of the Lord Jesus. Those who are lost will be taken and cast into the lake of fire. Where they'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. This is talking about the millennial reign of Christ. And we will also be ruling and reigning with him during this time. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Now, here we come into some prophetic term here for language. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the what? All right, here we go. He gives some prophecies as to what's going to happen here in the time of the end. One, he says, many shall run, what? Many shall run to and fro. The last days will be very busy days. People are going to be running everywhere. Running to and fro over the face of the whole earth. Think today, come on, stay awake with me. I'm going to turn the air on here in a minute. Think about this with me, of the ease of the speed of travel that we have today. Every time I travel overseas, it just amazes me that you can get on a plane and within 24 hours, you can be halfway around the world in a different country. It's incredible the, the speed and the ease of travel as we run to and fro over the face of all the earth. Everybody seems to be on the move. We have our highways that are crowded. We have air traffic. These are very, very busy days. That's why Daniel said here a little bit later, we're going to see, he goes, I'm not understanding this. How could he understand that? We find something else in verse 4. It says, and knowledge shall increase. My goodness, think of how scientific knowledge has increased in the latter days. Think about the medical technology uh, and knowledge that has increased and just the technological um, age in which we live. That, you know, everything's so technical, I can't even figure it out. Here, honey, fix this for me. Do this for me. Put this, I can't figure it out. Ben gets so frustrated with me because he said, Ben, I can't figure this thing out. And he's like, why can't you figure it out? It's so easy. <laughs> can't figure it out. Scientific knowledge, medical knowledge, technology, the computer age, communication breakthroughs. It still absolutely blows my mind. 
that I could be over in the Philippines and I could pull out my cell phone and I could see my wife and I could talk to her. The age of the Jetsons has come. <laughs> the girls are, why, why? The internet. How many times you, knowledge shall increase. You don't know something, you just type in it and say, hey Siri. It's unbelievable. Busy days. To and fro over the face of the whole earth. Brilliant days. As knowledge increases. But it's also interesting to me. Drop down with me. Let's go to verse 8. Daniel said, and I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O oh, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time and the end. Boy, we, we know what this is about now. Then he says this in verse 10. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, talking about the tribulation saints there. But then it says this, but the wicked shall do wickedly. Boy, are the wicked doing wickedly. Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen. Never have we lived in a more wicked day and age than we live in right now. The wicked shall do wickedly. And then it says this, and none of the wicked, there'll be a blindness, none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise will understand. We understand, thank God, because we have the Bible, because we have the teaching of the Holy Spirit, that anointing unction. We understand these things. The world doesn't understand them. The lost doesn't understand them. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest they come to the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Satan has done a thorough job at blinding people's eyes to the truth. Jesus said, having eyes to see. What? They see not. Having ears to hear. They hear not. They can't see. They can't hear. Why? Because they are spiritually blind. Take your Bible. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 14. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Oh, my goodness. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. This second epistle, here we're talking about the blindness that has come upon this, this world, even their denial of prophetic events, the return of the Lord. This second epistle, beloved, I write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Boy, we need to remember this and not forget it that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. There we have Daniel and others. And of the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, what? Scoffers. When you talk about the return of the Lord and when you talk about the latter days, when you talk about time running out, they scoff. 
Why do they scoff? Because they're walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Yeah, we've heard that. Church has been saying that forever. Where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation, really. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, by the word of God, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that a day is with the Lord as a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. They may mock and they may scoff and they may laugh and they may make fun and they may say things have continued as they always were. They just missed the flood. Things haven't always continued as they were. God's judgment did come. And listen to me here, church. God's judgment is coming again to this earth. This is what the day of the Lord is all about. But the day of the Lord, it will come as a thief in the night. So what is the day of the Lord? First Thessalonians chapter 5, listen. Beginning with verse 1. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction... When we talk about the day of the Lord, we are always talking about God's wrath, God's judgment. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then shall sudden destruction come upon them as travaileth upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Praise the Lord. I'm not worried about God's judgment. You know why? Because I've been saved from the wrath which is to come. The Old Testament. Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. It is cruel both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate and he shall destroy sinners out of it. For this is the day of the Lord, the, the day of the Lord God of hosts. It is a day of vengeance that he may avenge him of his adversaries. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can abide it? So what is the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord is, listen, the day of the Lord, when you're reading the Bible, all about the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is not just one specific day. The day of the Lord is literally a period of time that starts with the rapture of the church. 
And then the day of the Lord extends all the way through the seven-year tribulation period, the return of the Lord Jesus, the establishment of his millennial kingdom, that 1,000-year reign of the Lord Jesus, right up till we have the new heaven and the new earth. Now, if some of you are sitting here today going, Pastor, you lost me. You know what I want to say to you? You better start studying Bible prophecy. Because the day of the Lord is at hand. Amen. During the tribulation period, and I believe the day of the Lord will begin when the trumpet sounds, and we're forever with the Lord. The day of the Lord begins. We'll enter into what is known as the tribulation period, seven-year period of time. During that period of time, there will be what's called the seal, trumpet, thunder, and bold judgments. Each one of them, seven judgments, lead up to 28 judgments in all. By the time, listen, by the time you get to the end of the tribulation period, well over half of the earth population has been destroyed, as well as the earth itself. It's an unbelievable, incredible period of time. But I'm here to tell you, if you are lost without Christ and the trumpet sounds, you will go in to what the Bible calls the day of the Lord. Amen. Let's go back to 2 Peter, pick back up. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that, are, works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? How should we be living out our lives in the last days in all holy conversation and godliness? As you think about the Lord's return and you think about the fact that we are living in the last days, how are we to live? Soberly, righteously, and godly. Looking for and hastening unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Okay, here. I got I to gotta walk you through this. The next thing that we are waiting for in God's prophetic calendar is the sound of the trumpet. The trumpet sounds, and immediately those of us who know the Lord are with him in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. So the rapture takes place. Then we have a seven-year period of time divided into three and a half years. In the middle of the tribulation period, that's when Antichrist stands in the temple of God showing himself that he is God and demands the worship of the people of God and that's when Israel is saved as in a day. Under the ministry of the 144,000 and the two, two witnesses. Then we come to the end of the tribulation period. We have the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the division of the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats, the good fish, bad fish. Those that are unsaved are cast into the lake of fire. Those that are saved enter into the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus. 
We will return, listen, we will return with the Lord Jesus at that time and we will rule and reign with him in his kingdom. Boy, do we have something to look forward to. Then at the end, are you still all with me? Then at the end, I wish I could draw this up here. Then at the end of that thousand year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's where we find what we just read about here, where the elements will melt with fervent heat, the works that are in them will be burned up, and there's going to be a new heaven, and there's going to be a new earth. And then we enter into what the Bible calls the eternal state. You say, what's going to happen after that, Pastor? I don't know. The Bible ends. I want to tell you something. I'm going to be there to find out. I'm going to be there to find out. Where in the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, born again Christians, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Again, how are we to be living out our faith in these latter days? Without spot, blameless. A holy conversation and godliness. The Bible says, and to wait for his son. Are you waiting for his son? And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus. And I love this last phrase, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Amen. I'm so thankful I'm not going through the day of the Lord. <laughs> See, what are some of the signs Again, I wish I had time to read all these verses. I just simply went through and I just began to jot down some of the signs. Remember what Jesus said, when you see these things, this is what he said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, know that it is near even at the door. I, I should have put a PowerPoint up here for you. But listen to some of the things that the Bible says will be an indication that we are in the last days. Sin and lawlessness will increase. The church will become lukewarm. There will become a great falling away from the fundamental truths of Scripture. The church will become contemporary and full of compromise and worldliness. Sounds like what's happening. There'll be a rise of false religion and false religious leaders. Some 10,000 false religions in the world today. There'll be a push for a one world church. We even find this happening in even the, the evangelical church where they're now wanting to mingle Christianity and Islam and call it Chrislam. Who would have ever thought? Let me say this to you. All of what we're seeing today should not surprise you. It's already been prophesied. We're just there. The true followers of Jesus will be mocked, hated, and persecuted. 
I just read this morning on CBN News that in Nigeria, Islamic terrorists went into a village and murdered 300 believers. They lined up some little children against the wall and they were going to kill all the little children if their mothers did not, you should read this on CBN News, if the mothers did not recant and turn back to Islam, they were going to kill all of the little children. And as the men raised their guns, all of a sudden a loud noise came into their ears. And these little children, to their testimony, said they saw Jesus say to them, it's okay, I will protect you. And a band of, of, of angels wrapped around these children. And there was this loud noise in, in these terrorist ears that they, they had to drop their weapons and they had to run. I want to tell you something, that's cool. <laughs> Such a hatred of Christians today. There'll be an increase in war and terrorism. There'll be an increase in natural disasters such as famines, pestilence, and earthquakes. There'll be the breakup of the traditional family. Domestic violence will be rampant. There'll be an increase in immorality and the acceptance of sodomy, as it was in the days of Noah. Men will live for the fulfillment of the desires of the flesh, eating and drinking. There'll be big government Socialism will be on the increase. Government control over every aspect of life, moving towards a one-world government and a one-world dictator. I can tell we're not even going to get to the Antichrist this morning. There'll be a breakdown of moral values. There'll be a rise of occultism. There'll be scoffers and mockers. There'll be the ability to mark people. Hmm. The ability to mark people. Will not be able to buy and sell unless you eventually have that mark. Moving towards a cashless society. I, I, I mean, I hardly keep any money in my pocket anymore. How about you? But then I like this last, but the gospel will be preached in all the world. And I ought to have heard an amen on that one. Amen. Despite everything that's happening and we can see it, it's being, un it's being unfolded, unwrapped right before our very eyes. The gospel will continue to be preached throughout the whole world. Amen. To think that right now we are being broadcast throughout the whole world. Wherever you are in the world, you can be listening to this message right now. Who would have ever thought? The Bible says perilous times shall come. Well, I want to say to you, I believe they have come. They have come. I think of what's just happening in our country and how quickly things have deteriorated. Who would have ever thought that we would see the rise of socialism like we are today? It's incredible. 
I, I actually think the Democratic Party has lost its mind. I'm sorry if you're a Democrat here today. But they have absolutely gone bonkers. Their promotion of socialism, secularism, immorality, perversion, perversion, the division, the hatred, terrorism that we see, the corruption of our educational system with its emphasis on humanism, the promotion of atheism, the apostasy that we're seeing throughout our churches, the Democrats, and again, I'm sorry if you're a Democrat, but this is the truth, the Democrats are now having an all-out assault on conservative and religious speech. They are actively, actively seeking to silence our ability to express our faith and our belief in God and his moral laws. Nancy Pelosi said, we've only just begun. They've been in power three months. And they recently introduced the Democratic bill called H.R. 5. If any of you keep up on politics at all, H.R. 5 is called the Diversity Equality Act Bill. It's an LGBTQ anti-discrimination law that covers even churches and religious organizations. That if we speak out against the LGBTQ, that Q, by the way, means queer. If we speak out, then we can lose our tax-exempt status. And this also has to do with religious organizations, which is an attack, by the way, on the First Amendment. I don't believe that under this administration it'll pass. I know that our president will veto that if it ever does get to his desk. I don't believe it'll get through the Senate. But this just shows you where we're going. First of all, let me say this. We will not be silenced. No. Abortion. Until the time of birth and now even after birth to where if there is if your child has some malady and you birth your child, you can actually take your child, put it on the table, keep it comfortable while you and the doctor decide whether or not to kill it. The open borders, the push to reform our voting and election laws, the stupid idea for 16-year-olds to vote. That shows you how stupid that party is. 
their desire to restructure the Supreme Court, the abolishment of the Electoral College, radical gun control, government takeover of health care, the anti-Semitism that we're seeing today, the climate change nuts. Listen, you all remember when it was global warming. No, it was, excuse me, global cooling, then global warming, and now it's just climate change. Now, I'm no scientist, but I know the climate changes. <laughs> you know what the Bible says? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. The impeachment of our president... I mentioned on Wednesday night, our, our president is no righteous, godly man. But I'll tell you what, he may go down as one of our best presidents ever. Amen. And you know why I believe that? I believe it's because Christians have rallied around this man and have counseled him and have prayed for him. And I pray daily, and I know my wife prays daily, that Mr. Trump will come to trust Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. We need to be ready for the Lord's return. Amen. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. When you begin to see these things come to pass, then look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. Not forsaking the assembling yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. If you can't see the day approaching, there is something wrong with you. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Well, maybe sometime in the future I will. Can I just leave you with this last point? This is such an important point. Jesus said, when you see these things all begin to pass, he gave us a commandment. He said this, occupy till I come. Occupy. What should we be doing in these last days, living soberly, righteously, godly? Holding fast? Hold fast? And get busy about the Lord's work. That's what the word occupy means. It means busy yourself. Boy, if there is ever a time we need to get busy praying, it's right now. Amen. Amen. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. We need to get busy praying for one another. These are dark days. We need to, we need to get busy in sharing the gospel and doing the Lord's work. The night cometh when no man can work anymore. We better get busy spreading the gospel. Parents, grandparents, we need to, we need to get busy preparing our children to live in these last days.
We need to teach them to put on the whole arm of God that they may be able to stand in the evil day. I'll tell you what, to see some of my children now raising their children and we have done our best to prepare our children for these latter days and then to see my children now preparing their children. When Jesus comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yes, he will. We're not going to shut up. We're not going to back away. We're going to continue to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then we need to get busy comforting one another. A lot of folks get all stressed out about what's going on. The Bible says, comfort one another with these words. These are comforting words. If you're not comforted when you think about the Lord's return, then probably you're not where you should be in your relationship with him. Now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Are you anticipating? Are you looking forward to? Are you expecting the Lord to return at any moment? Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.